Welcome to the Naked Wine Coast Truth. My name is Deborah. I'm Brandy. I'm Robert. And I'm Eric. And we are here live at Boogie by the Bay 2019. Yay. Thank I, you all for coming. I want to thank you, Eric and Deborah, for coming up with this great idea since uh, the four of us have like been working so hard at trying to do things like this mm-hmm. where we're getting messages out and talking to people and answering questions and you guys doing so much with the history and interviewing so many people. And uh, I just think this is a super great idea. So thank you both very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Naked Truth, so much. It's been thank a you. pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Awesome. You want Ugh. to say what we're drinking this evening? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't even know what we're drinking this evening. (laughs) Getting the glasses. Always putting his glasses on. We're in California. So of course we're drinking. So we're drinking, uh, Darcy Kent. Is that right? Lovely name. Darcy Kent. Vineyards. Very British. Uh, Madden, uh, big petite. It says. It's very tasty. Right. It's Livermore. Hey, I moved to New York from Livermore. It's my, that's where I, yeah, it's awesome. Wine courtesy of Cheney Marley. Thank you. Thank you, Cheney. Thank you, all right, it's and it's about uh, John Madden. Right, it's dedicated to John Madden, the former football football player. player. That's awesome! Yay! Oh, Love good this. For him. this is delicious. Yeah, it's, it's very tasty. Cool. I, I'm not drinking that. I have, mine's from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Burlingame varietal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I already had it. Boom! So I'm drinking it. That's right. We'll catch you up. Yeah, I don't want to waste That's it. That's just number one. Yeah, perfect. So, and what an amazing weekend Boogie was. Oh my Bo- God, crazy! Boogie, Boogie is magical. It's it my really favorite. Is. It's magical. It has something that is so classic, something that is so timeless, something that gives you the history but feels fresh and new, and makes mm-hmm. everybody feel a part of it. And I don't know what the formula is, but I want to. I think they should it. take that soundbite though for next it's year because yeah, that was really good. well said. That it's was yeah. amazing. So good. By the way, some of you are almost clapping. We said, "Hey, boogie, whatever," and some people are like, "You can make noise." Can or make yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. want you here. Noise, we right? want you here. So, and exactly. Mr. Andy Bowman is here. Yeah. 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 Get up for Andy doing a great Andy's job. Andy's part of the magical formula. Andy right. and Beth do such a brilliant job. Andy yeah. and Beth worked so hard. We, it's this is my hometown event. Even though I live in New York, this is my hometown event. I was. Born in Robot City, so like, uh, and started going to the next gen dances years ago, Saturday night at uh, Metronome Ballroom. So mm-hmm. I love this event. It's home. It's funny yeah. that you, you, you mentioned that, how great the event was, and how, how you explained uh, Boogie by the Baby, because I was outside with Tom Paderno, like, not like 20 minutes ago, and saying goodbye to him. And he's like, Hey, did you have a good weekend? And I was like, Ah, Boogie's my favorite. It's Boogie. It's my, Boogie's my favorite, yeah. my number one event. So great. Yep, for so many reasons. Their brand is amazing, but they take care of their pros. They take care of their spectators. Uh, they pay, they pay mind to music and ballroom, what it looks like, and food for for people. No, it's and, a complete package. And the hotel's amazing. Right. They and, treat people like people are yeah. important. Yeah, don't uh, you guys agree? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you should. I I, I come like for me, Boogie is. Boogie and all the things that Boogie encompasses, but also this hotel is amazing. I've been competing at dance events at this hotel mm-hmm. since 1990. We are old. There used to be a How many of you here. weren't alive in this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots of hands. Lots of hands. That's like I don't, 15 I don't people. I really want to show you so, the number of hands that just went up. So the yeah, because there used to be a country event here too. So, and only only uh, three years, once because of weather and twice because I was performing on Broadway, have I not, in, since 1990 here, have I not been at this hotel at least once a year for a dance event. That's cool. That's so cool. let me ask you, because we've, we've talked on this show, well, we've talked with Andy in one of our conversations, but right. we've talked uh, in general about events and what makes them work. And it seems like there are more and more events that 
uh, are trying to do something different or appeal to a subset of our community. <clears throat> and what Boogie does really well is it appeals to a broad audience. For sure. Right. Um, but I'm curious what you think makes this event different from the other events um, and what you think, uh, I mean, you sort of said like it's selling point that it treats everybody well and everybody equally, but in a landscape of events that are doing more and more kind of targeted marketing or gimmicks or themes, um, how do you think an event like this stays relevant in the marketplace? I mean, so for me personally, like uh, I've said this always, and this is my, whatever, a long time on the circuit, uh, events always kind of trickle down from the energy or the attitude of the event promoter and or the club that's running it. Correct. So the thing about the Next Generation, which my hometown club, the thing about the Next Generation Swing Dance Club is it has this right combination of kind of a historical value with a new blood. So it really has always had this right combination of kind of people that have been around a really long time in the swing community in Northern California has always had a really, really strong base. Like even if we go back to like Lindy Hop and Jitterbug and everything else because of the Alameda military base, like post-World War II. So there's always been a really strong Northern California swing base. So the Next Generation Swing Dance Club, you know, when it was formulated, had like that right combination of kind of old guard and new guard. Mm -hmm. Now I'm talking about old guard and new guard back you know, however many years ago the, the club started, but it's always had like this influx of, of people that have been around and understand the history and new people coming in with fresh blood. Mm-hmm. And so in my opinion, now I'm not part of the board and everything else, but I've done lots of the day with the stars and all that stuff over the years. There's always been just that perfect combination of people who know where we've come from, people who know currently where we are and the new blood that kind of feels like they know where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's that right combination. And I believe that they bring that to the table every year at Boogie. Yeah. It's a, it's a historical heart with an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. They and listen. that's, what's really intriguing about it is, uh, there's a, it's a historical heart with an open mind. Soundbite central right here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I see a lot of clubs that, eventually kind of fall into obscurity Mm -hmm. because while they value where they came from, they value the history. They are not open enough to the new ideas. And I think that one of the things that Boogie does really well is that they're always open and listening to what people want and listening to uh, what's going to make things fresh, what's going to make things new and what's going to appeal to the next generation of dancers, not just the previous generation. Yeah, I think what's also great about Boogie is that um, it doesn't matter who the, like, because, you know, it's, it's a swing club, but then they appoint uh, an event director. And it doesn't matter who the event director is. Their objective is always the same. It's to take care of their clients, to take care of their professionals, to bring the dance uh, to the masses, to educate new people and to rein- every year they reinvent themselves a little bit. There's always something different. Something fresh. There's the, there's the, there's the standard that stays at Boogie that we love, but there's always something else that shows up and, and you're, and you're never annoyed about it when like, Oh, another new thing. Ah, you're never annoyed about it. And I think that's what keeps uh Boogie fresh and, and all of their volunteers, all of their volunteers are happy to be here. Right, yeah. exactly. I will say, though, um, it does matter who the event director is because I think Andy, I'll give you credit in Absolutely. particular, and I've served on the, the, the committee several years ago, but um, Andy in particular really thinks about how do, we, how do we, A, make this the highest quality experience possible? I kind of think of Boogie as the apple of events. Yeah. Like they, 
honestly, it may not be the first to do something, you but you'll do it the best. the of events? What's that? The, uh, <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless. I'm not wearing the shirt. Um, shameless. But uh, yeah, like I think it's, it's always, like I know the committee really looks at the, the attendee feedback survey and really thinks about how do we provide a better experience next year. But also Andy himself is out at every event throughout the year and seeing what's going on and thinking about how do we make this, how, what new ideas do we bring that fit boogie that don't feel gimmicky, um, that keep it fresh. And I, I give Andy a lot of credit. And and I have to say like, like, of course, Andy knows I love him. Beth also, like I was in Philly last week and there's Beth at the Mm -hmm. DJ booth, but also talking to me and talking to John Lindo about things for, for um, Boogie as well, mm-hmm. like the the need to want to what's working here this weekend that maybe we could implement is so uh, prevalent in mm-hmm. the in the next generation mentality. Right. Yeah. And Welcome, I, ladies and gentlemen, to Wine Coast Naked Truth. We love Boogie by the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even I, I also sad about it. I didn't want it to sound like that I was discrediting Andy no, no, no. as as an event not. director. Right. What what I was trying to say is that. Uh, Boogie's brand is no, no matter who the event director is, they're, right. they're always about making the event better. Yes, it's always. Not e- it's not ego driven. No, not looking, at all. They're looking for the event. Yeah, not, not at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know what your game plan was, but as I walked in here, somebody sent me a text Uh-oh. saying that they had a question for Wine Coast Swing. Oh, I love questions. Right. And, sure. And actually, I felt that it was very emotional because this person said. And I'm not going to say who it was, but they they happen to be having a level of success right now, a new level of success in the community Mm -hmm. while still absolutely second guessing who they are as a dancer. Uh, And so their question was, have any of us ever gone through that stage where we don't feel we're good enough? We don't feel like we belong. We don't feel like we um, that what we're doing is accepted. Right. And uh, and it like. You know, it melted like uh, my heart just went like, oh, yeah, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. And and how do we overcome those feelings, mm-hmm. even when people from the outside are going to look at you and go, how can you feel that way? You just placed X, Y and Z, you know, in this contest or this contest or whatever. And uh, so I, I'm I have my own thoughts on it, but I would love to just because I do think it's a really, really good question because I do feel like there's lots of people we've probably had maybe. Not Eric, because he's not uh, teaching as many probably competitive privates as we do. But probably the three of us have had many people break down and cry. I mean, personally, I've had you two break down and cry to me. Yeah. So, I don't like, even know uh, what you're talking about. Like, That's it's true. Um, but it's true. true. It's about, not true. I don't cry. And I, I, I'm never insecure, so this isn't an issue. I don't even know what you guys are talking right. about. <laughs> when you cry, is it just red wine? Right. It's exactly. just like tears of red so, wine that leak out of my yeah, eyes. Yeah, my tears are Cabernet. So um, anyways, so... Uh, because people, people absolutely feel this all the time. So what, what has helped you maybe overcome or what are your thoughts on what would you say to somebody? What do you say to that person who comes to you and says, I don't Mm. feel relevant. I don't feel good enough. I feel like what I'm delivering, is never going to be what it needs to be. And even though people might say, I have this trophy, so I should feel this way. I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go first. Great. Thank goodness. And the reason I'm going to go first <laughs> is because Robert knows that I've been feeling this way for quite some time. Um, it, it's hard to navigate through something that you, you enjoy so much. It's your passion. And part of that passion is being judged or being like saying you are good, you're not good enough and all those things, right? So the first thing that I do is I call a friend. I phone a friend. 
or I talk I'm to a friend. I'm one of Deborah's phone of friends. Right. Or I talk to a friend. Like For the a, record, these two are my phone of friends. Yeah. It's true. It's <laughs> right. true. It's 100% yeah. true. I phone this a friend. It's a very codependent little network. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I phone a friend or I'll, if I'm at an event with Brandy, we just, actually, we just sat at Trilogy uh, last two weekends now ago yeah. and we had a moment, you know, at the bar because I, you know, lots of emotions going on um, in the dance. And, and, and the hard part is, is that when, when, you, when you love this dance, it, it reflects how you feel inside. And when you're not feeling great inside about yourself, it reflects in your dancing. So we have to find other ways to, like, get back the passion. And it's phone a friend and it's go meditate and it's maybe take a step back, you know, for a little bit and stop judging yourself. Knock it off. You know, there's no reason to judge yourself. None of us are perfect, right? We all have our days of glory and sometimes we don't have our days of glory. You know, there was a time in my career when if I didn't place, I'd be so upset about it. And now I'm like, oh, whatever. It happens. It's all, you know what I mean? Help me through that. Help you through that. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's been an easy journey, you know, to get there. I also do a lot of you know, I, re- I, I listen to audiobooks that are like, you know, self-empowering and, and I help other people with helping themselves, which helps me help myself. Um, and I listen to other people. Let me tell you a funny story because it's funny that you brought this up, Robert, because today I had two privates. I had to cancel one of my privates because I, I totally forgot that I had to judge today. I looked at my schedule. I was like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't do the lesson with you. I have to reschedule because I have to go back upstairs, get ready. So I can come back downstairs to judge. <clears throat> and I didn't hear from the person. But then they showed up to where they needed to meet me for the end of my first private because I kept that one. And she said, can I talk to you for a moment? And I said, absolutely. I said, you, did you get my message? I can't, you know. And she said to me, literally with tears in her eyes, she said, did you blacklist me? And I was like, wait, what? Did I what? Did you blacklist me? Like, did you like not want to teach me a private and I was like oh my god like where is this coming from and apparently there's thing people feel things in a specific way because of what they're going on in their own life and I had to dig a little deeper and I was like no actually what's actually going on she's like oh I I I got into a really big argument with my boyfriend last night and then it all started right right Right. to come out so we need to be there for each other and recognize that we have good days we have bad days but if we all support one another we can, we can get out of it. And everyone has a different way of getting out of it. But not reaching out will never help. Right. That's what I think. I suffer very greatly from imposter syndrome. Right. We have this conversation yeah, all the time. Yeah, so we've talked about that. And, and that's, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's the idea that you somehow snuck by and you somehow got through to somewhere and you're kind of a fraud. Mm. And uh, it's something that sits in me. And I can objectively look at what I've accomplished and the things that I've done. And I know the work that I've put in. And I know, I know, I know that I'm good at what I do. But it doesn't stop that little emotional child Doubt. in me that mm-hmm. doubts right. what so, I have to offer. Exactly. We've talked about this at length. Yeah. So uh, for me, I had a really cool moment today that I didn't think I would share publicly, but I'm going to share it publicly. I don't put my name on dancers. I work with tons of dancers and I don't possess any of them and none of them are a product of me. But I was watching the all-star final and I just glanced across that line of brilliant dancers and I saw how many of them that I have touched from an instruction standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I had this overwhelming sense of pride 
Right. Uh, that that really, I I today in particular, I saw my uh, my effect, your impact, my your impact, lineage, your impact, my lineage on right. this community, and that was that was a really profound moment for me because mm-hmm. I don't often feel that. So that was a special thing for me personally today. Well, right. I'm glad you and, felt that. Thanks. You, yeah, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. The record, but yeah. So I was trying to tell this person that, you know, because of like. I struggle with um, uh, body dysmorphia, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, and I work with a therapist all the time on it. So like, I still see myself as the the person that was 80 pounds ago when I was really heavy. So I'll, I'll look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I'm right back. I'm right back to where I was 80 pounds ago. And body dysmorphia and imposter syndrome, very, very similar in how you don't really see what um, you really are, what you, what yeah. you really are. Yeah. And so I have to go back and go like, okay, but like, you know, this isn't who I am anymore. Right. And so I was trying to say to this person, sending this text, like you emotionally moved people this weekend. They were in one of the routine divisions, like really emotionally moved people. And I spoke to seven or eight people about these routine divisions and every single one of them talked about how you moved them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're stuck in a rut, we have a hard time moving ourselves. Yeah. Right. But, but if I'm, choosing dance as my art and my emotional delivery system, then my goal is that I'm moving actually other people. Right. And if I've succeeded in doing that, I have to, I have to look to that. I have to look to that and go like, I'm succeeding in doing what I'm trying to do, which is move other people. Right. So I've always said that, and this is just my opinion, that couples dancing is two people putting movement to music to create an emotion within themselves and within the people that are watching them. And so they've succeeded in doing that. And they didn't just only please the audience, they pleased the judges, they placed very well. So, um, and it's hard, you have to remind yourself of that. And I, I've given them some tools, like, for instance, one of the tools is I keep a pair of fat pants and I keep a picture of myself when I was really at my fattest on my phone. And anytime I'm feeling that, oh my God, here I am back to being fat again. I go back to that picture and I go, okay, that's not me. I put it in the clothes. I go, okay, that's not me. And I was like, you know, when it comes to the dance, go back, go back and watch your video and watch that audience stand up, watch that audience cheer. If somebody came up to you and said, oh my God, your routine tonight really moved me. Remember that log it in. Somebody today said that my, that my dancing moved and go back to that so that you can override what your emotional suffrage, because we all have suffrage, right? So that our emotional suffrage, right, can be overridden by what's actually real as opposed to what our, what our what our damage is telling us. Mm-hmm. Our brains are jerks. It's true. <laughs> Seriously. Right. No, I, I do. I chant. <clears throat> yeah. This is true. You all don't know this about me, but I chant three to five days a week usually. So in one of the, the so I, I chant that I hope the world uh, achieves like an, an omniscience to themselves and that they free themselves from their suffering of childbirth and childhood and old age and death and that they remove themselves from the oceans of samsara. And I do that eight times and I have a Tibetan singing bowl. I bring it with me on the road. I chant all the time. And it's really like that, that people can free themselves from that, mm. that thing that like makes us second guess ourselves so much yeah. throughout. I recently uh, came, stumbled upon an exercise that I've started doing whenever I'm approaching something that makes me feel very anxious or nervous. And that exercise is to write down the things about it that I'm scared of or worried about. Oh, that's good. And then I cross off the things I can't control. And then I put my energy into the ones that I can. Uh-huh. And it's a very visual thing. So if I'm really scared about a particular Jack and Jill 
and I might be worried about the music and I might be worried about my partner and I might be worried about how the floor feels and I might be worried about all of these things, but I can cross off my partner and I can cross off the music and I can cross off the floor because I can't control those things. And then I can project my energy and really put forth my energy into the things that I can. And I tell you that visual has done wonders for me. Controllables, uncontrollables. Mm -hmm. So as we say all of that, Eric, let's turn to you, my friend. (laughs) I knew that Robert was going to hijack this thing. A, A, I needed everybody to to laugh, and that was funny. But but also, it's been 10 minutes. Exactly. Very good. I listen to you, Robert. You do listen to me. But so what are your thoughts on this, like as an all-star competitor? And By the way, congratulations, though. Congratulations. Thank you. Great. So so tell me your thoughts on what we're talking about with the feelings of what do you do when you're really second guessing whether you belong and what, whether your dance is being delivered the way you would like it to. Yeah. I think my default is I don't belong. <laughs> like I think that's more my default than anything. Um, I, I think I go through two. Well, I shouldn't say that I go through, I don't belong and God damn it. I do belong. Why am I not being recognized? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'll, I'll swing between like really confident and, right. and totally not confident. Um, and this is actually a question I was going to ask you all listening to you talk about how you deal with these things is I think it's really important to have measures of success that are internal or intrinsic and not external or extrinsic. Right. Exactly. And yes. I work with my students on this as much as I can yes. because I see it happen all the time in our community of I didn't win, therefore I had a bad dance or I'm terrible right. or whatever it is. So like at any level. And uh, for me, it's about setting... Um, well, one expectation. So like, I can't control my partner. I can't control the song. So like, even today I was like, I just want to have a clean connected dance. That was it. I was watching other all-stars kill it with like amazing stuff happening in front of me. I was loving it, but I was like, I just, I just need to just be there with my partner. Like that's what I needed. Um, and I, I know that there are certain things within my control that I can help to make that happen. Um, but I think it's also just important to set a goal of, okay, what, what is it? that you're going to use to define your success um, or that you're going to use to define yourself. So like you have a picture in fat pants right. that remind you of who you are. Right. Um, who I was, who you, right. But, but thank, also who you are but, now. But, but thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be like three orange theory fitness oh, posts no, tomorrow. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Have more wine. Robert needs more wine. Right. Give him uh, more wine. I'll, I'll pour. I, yeah. I should be the one pouring that for him. Um, but, uh, yeah. So just kind of, I think appreciation, right. Is one of the keys to happiness, gratitude, right. And yeah. being thankful for what you have and mm-hmm. what you can do. Yes. Um, I was in the habit. I've fallen out of the habit, but I used to do the um, three things at night. Like, what are three things you're thankful for today? Um, and that was just always helpful, like a helpful right. reminder. But I can do the same thing in my dancing. So when I walk off the floor, um, even if I don't feel good about the dance, I'm like, well, you know, but this wasn't so bad, and this wasn't so bad, mm. and this wasn't so bad. Right. It just helps me keep perspective. Agreed. My kids and I do favorite part of the day. And when I have people come and stay with me for champ camp, I make them do it. So at the end of whatever the day is, we'll like be eating whatever we're eating. We'll be up to a late night dinner and I'll say, all right, favorite part of the day. What was your favorite part of the day? Right. And then everybody has to go around and say what their right. favorite part of the day was. Right. Right. Even in like a really hard mm-hmm. day, we go, what was the favorite part of the day? I made lots of people do that who come and stay yeah. with me because it's a thing that my kids do. Yeah. And um, that that uh, started years ago. And I think it's really positive. 
I think yeah. we also have to look at the grand scheme of things. Like sometimes we get caught up in the whole competition and right. end up being liked and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's right. not what like, like there's an outside part of right. this dance community and we kind of get lost in this vacuum. And, and, and you forget that, that there's reality out there, that there are more important things, you know. There are people dying and people who can't. Seriously, PJ? <laughs> Popping open some beer. And, and like, and also there's no such thing as a dance emergency. No, there's no like, such thing as a dance. Those words do yeah. not go hand in hand. Right. You can't go, this is, I'm having a dance right. emergency. Yeah. Those words don't go together, no, right? There's well, no that, such that thing. was something that really helped me for a long time when I had a day job. My, my background, like, I have a degree in conservation biology. And I used to spend my days working on. Uh, I spent a few years working on uh, conservation of the Amazon rainforest. And then it's I used not to spend, a big deal. Right. Big deal. <laughs> there's no, there's no emergencies <laughs> there. I mean, we don't really geez. need the rainforest. And then I spent no. like a couple of years working on yeah. uh, water I mean, management for California. Seriously, my, my intermediate Jack and Jill is way bigger than that. Right. 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 Exactly. Totally. Exactly. That, that so my, I, swing, my swing points mean more than the oxygen <laughs> of the rainforest. Absolutely. So like, but, that, but that helps keep perspective because I go to dance and I'm like... But if I have okay. a bad dance, what's the worst that's going to happen? But, right. Wait, exactly. but let's back up for a second because at the same time, you can't separate the dance from the dancer. Right. right. So every time we put our dance out on the floor to be judged, we're putting ourselves out there. Yes. Right. That's right. true. And, and so I don't want to minimize of course. The, the feelings that we all have when we feel rejected. Right. No. Which sometimes marks can feel straight like rejection. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, so I don't want I don't want to trivialize that because yes, the right. Amazon rainforests way more important. <laughs> <laughs> way more important. But at the hashtag same time, Amazon rainforest more important than they're still burning. Right. Yes. By the way, right. exactly. but I, I want I want to acknowledge that piece of every single one of us that when we put ourselves out on the floor, it's not just like do you like my dancing? It's do you like me? Of course. Right. Of and my, course. my emotional expression. They like, like me. They really, really, they really like me. <laughs> Which is actually my question to all of you because, um, well, one, I'm curious how you all keep perspective and, and measure your own success. And two, how do you do that in light of the grand expectations that everybody has for you? Like, I know, Brandy, when you were on the show, and we've talked about it personally, like, people expect magic and sparkles every time you... You champions. We dance. just had this conversation. We just had this conversation. So, like, how do you either temper expectations or just manage them or not let them affect you? Because now there's more external pressure to deliver. I just asked the room. I, so we weren't filming yet or recording yet, but I asked the room why. Uh, why do you guys cheer louder for the all stars than you yeah. do for the champions? Yep. Like, I'm starting to feel I'm taking it personally. They want now. us to pull a rabbit out of our ass. That's why. Right. <laughs> Expectations are so high. And Robert, we were talking earlier that depending on who Robert draws, there's a level of expectation that goes with his draw. If I draw Tatiana, I'm expected to do Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> if I. <laughs> If you draw me, if I draw Brandy, it better be some sort of masterclass in technique. If I draw Deborah, same thing. It better be some masterclass in technique. If I draw Victoria Hank, it better be Cirque du Soleil. Like, and that's not that's that's not because of Victoria and and Tatiana, for the record. Like, that's an expectation put. Like, right. you know, if I if I have At Victoria, the if I have Victoria, Tatiana, or Deborah, or Brandy, the expectations put upon me are different to the audience, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so then you have to go in there going, okay, like what, what's the delivery system I'm going to use to make sure that that mm-hmm. all occurs? Yes. I think it's also important. Like I, I often say now I do because now I'm older. I've done this a long time and things are different. And I always say I'll, I'll never sacrifice how I feel about the dance or my technical aspect of the dance in order to get a specific outcome. Right. 
I won't change my integrity of how I feel about this dance. And one of the things I always say is I am willing to have a boring dance. Yes, we've talked about this, you and I. I'm willing. I will have a boring dance in public because I feel like being willing to do that is where you create the stage for magic to happen. But when you chase magic, you create chaos. Right. True story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I'm willing. I like to boring and clean better I'm than, I'm willing yeah. to submit. And, and my goal when I walk off the floor in a Jack and Jill is that I represented my values. And my values is that I, I, I'm a swing dancer who believes in being a follow. Right. So my values ideally would be represented in every dance that I do, even if it's boring and it doesn't place. I'm cool with that. Well, the negative consequence of you three all having very strong brands in part because you've been around in part because you've mastered what you do is that yes, there's going to be specific expectations. Right. like, yes, Brandy, I do expect a clean dance from you. I mean, I know you, you value and sometimes that, like, I'm really messy. Damn it. <laughs> right. But I've like, never seen you messy. No, yes, you have. I once sat at the top Oh gosh, I'm oh about my to God. Confess. It's a boogie by the bay. I once sat on the top of the escalator at Boogie by the Bay and it was my birthday and I drank way too much and I was sitting with Deborah, and I was throwing my shoe down the escalator and being very excited when it came back to me. <laughs> That's a true story. That's but a total true story. It with perfect form. Oh my God. And it landed shoe up. By the way, my favorite Brandy story that <laughs> I like to tell people that come to me with their like emotional oh, place. Oh, do we have to do this one? Yes, yes, go, go, go. We're at Monterey. This we're is the naked Monterey, wine goes true, people. We're at Monterey Swing Fest. We're at Monterey Swing Fest, John Wheaton's event, and it's uh, and Brandy didn't make finals in advanced, and all of her friends were all in the in the Invitational. This is Monterey Swing Fest, and Brandy hadn't made it up yet to the Invitational. <laughs> Invitational champions, whatever. Right. So Brandy, so it's me, Kyle, me, Kyle, Sarah, Brandy. Uh, there was more people in the room. I forget who else is in the it room. It doesn't matter. Keep it doesn't going. Matter. So but Brandy Shut is up, literally, I swear to God, Brandy is face down on the bed, face down on the bed, crying in the pillow. Like, tears of Cabernet. Like, like tears of Cabernet, right? And, 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 and Kyle's showing me his new laptop and Sarah's rubbing her back and there's other people in the room too. And, and Brandy's like, I am never going to make a final in advance. I'm never going to be a champion. I'm never going to do what all my friends do. And I should just quit. And this is stupid. And I hate it. And Sarah's rubbing her back going, you're going to be great. And you're so good. And it's going to turn a corner. You're going to be fabulous. And Kyle's like, look, it's got 256 RAM. <laughs> and he's showing me his new laptop. And Kyle goes, what's going on over there? I was like, I don't know. She's having a breakdown. (laughs) We all know who my friends are. (laughs) So what I tell people all the time, like there's, there's Brandy, the Brandy Guild, like legend, like let, like one of the greatest Jack and Jill dancers, like true legend face down in a pillow going, I am never going to be good. Like everybody goes through those places. Exactly. Yeah. Have there been times where you've, um, I guess I'm wondering what it is. I've when you quit, probably. Tw- that that was 15, one of my questions. I quit. Like, guys 15, 20 20 I actually quit last, last week. <laughs> <laughs> How's that working for you? I mean, I came back, but I quit last right, week. Right, right. Yeah. For four minutes. No, yeah. all the time. I, like, I, I go through phases. I sit up there, because even though, like, we're all peers and everything else, like, this is my... Uh, I did my first professional West Coast Swing, Jack and Jill. I mean, it was at a country event, but then I did one at a swing event. Um, oh my god! Oh gosh, the elephants arriving! Right, <laughs> like, 
20, <laughs> 29 years ago. So 29 years ago. So I sit up there and I look. <laughs> I'm I sorry, look. just so you guys know what I'm <laughs> What she's referencing is that I remember everything. He remembers everything. It's true. I remember everything. I remember dates, who won what. He's got an eidetic person, eidetic uh, memory. Right, right. Yeah. He's so, an elephant. Right, oh, so fuck. lots of jokes. We'll save them for later. Yep. So, and so I look up and down, and I go, I remember every single champion that sits up there making the transition into champions. Every one of them: John Lindo, Deborah Seke. I remember everybody. Not, nobody that I started with still sits up there. So, um, so I look up and down all the time, and I go, like, I really should just MC these things. I should retire. I should. Well, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. 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 <laughs> Because because I go like nope. God like I I, I, right, I appreciate because it. if you leave but then I'm leaving well I just and go if you like, leave I'm out right. <laughs> so I just so I just go, go like I every everybody I remembered everybody coming up so as I as I sit up there is now, now when I don't I don't mean chronologically I don't mean like uh, age wise the right, oldest, right. but like of of sitting up there the oldest right. champion mm-hmm. sitting up there um, you know at an event like here. Like when I'm talking about our age, I'm talking about like how long I've been sitting right. up there. I go gotcha. like, all right, it's time for me to step away. Like I, I all the time go through these feelings of irrelevance. So I was sitting next to Ben Morris, um, and at Ooh. at this at Mad Jam one year, and I'm sitting next to Ben Morris, and I look up and down, and Benji just had this dance with Tori. It was great, and I literally I looked at Ben and I said, I shouldn't be here. And mm. he goes, Why not? I said, I don't belong here anymore. Like I, like you guys have all done such a great job. I shouldn't sit up here anymore. And he goes, what? Are you kidding me? I go, yeah. Like, I mean, I saw you all come up. I saw this all happen. I, at some point, I'm going to need to just take my place in history. Yeah, but not right now. Hold on. <laughs> and, 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 and that's okay, right? And I said, that's okay. Like, I'll be okay with that. I'll, I'll, I'll continue my journey as an MC, right? So, um, and then he goes, listen, just shut up. And he goes, and just walk out there and just be you and we'll all love it. And I, and I walked out there and I got this girl I'd never danced with before. Her name was Trendelin Veal. And, <laughs> and one. Right. And, yeah. and uh, so like I, I walked out there and I danced like one of my most successful dances ever with Trend Veal. You know what I mean? And I sat back down and Ben Morris goes, I shouldn't have given you any pep talk. Like, <laughs> That's you, so bad. You should have just retired. That is such, you such have a bad retired. That is so bad. Right? Um, so, so, so I bad. go through it all the time. So today I'm sitting up there and I'm sitting there and I go, ah, Ben. And he goes, shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So like I said to this person who sent me the text, by the way, to reference back to the original text like for a while ago, I said, listen, we all go through it. We all go through those moments of like, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this where, you know, like Brandy face down in the pillow. Now she's like this iconic person. You know what I mean? Like I remember last year, like we had an amazing dance here. And did you remember our, our don't cry on my shoulder dance? Yes. And everybody like stood up and yeah. did the, and did the whole twist, and twist yeah. and everything else. Like literally like a week before that, you're like, I'm done, Robert. I want to leave the community. This is it. Right. You call me up on the phone. You're you're like, and I'm like, no, Deborah, you're an icon. Don't leave. Please don't leave. Right? Because we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. And then we have this amazing dance, right? So, so I just have to, you know, threaten that I'm going to keep leaving so that every weekend I'll have great dances. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the point is, is that we all go through that at yeah. every level. So yeah. the novice yeah. dancer who can't make finals and can't get into intermediate goes through the whole, I should just quit. I should just quit. I should just quit. And we all go through that too. Well, yeah. we yeah. should just quit. Like, it we're doesn't done, change. Right? No, I just, but, but I, I think. I said that this weekend. I actually said to I'm like, I'm done. I'm done competing. And I said that to Brandy. We had and then you probably yesterday. had your most successful competitive weekend. Oh my god! Yeah, He's, exactly. yeah totally. Yes, he, he did. I'll have to edit totally. this out, but f- yes. <laughs> <laughs>
For the record, I'm not editing that out of Wine Coast Swing. That is going into Wine Coast Swing. But, <laughs> but I, I had a lesson with Brandy, and I said, like, whatever it is I'm doing, like, I'll work on my craft. I will put out there my values. Yeah. And whatever it is, judges don't want it. Like, time and time again. And I was just like, I'm done. So I, can, I decided to compete here this weekend because I have students and friends here. So right. I'm moving from the Bay Area tomorrow. So um, sad. No. Yeah. I mean, I've already left too, but it's so sad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> years ago. Um, so I was like, yeah, one more time. I'll just throw my hat in the ring. You know, but that's then... always how it happens. Well, and I wonder too, is there like some psychology of like, I'm done? Like what, how does that mentally because affect Because you don't care anymore. We have Dr. Martha Stark yeah. in the house, who's a psychiatrist from Harvard Medical School. She's sitting right in front going, I have an answer for that. I'm sure she does. I'm sure <laughs> we'll she does. We'll talk later, Martha. But yes, yeah, exactly. I want to know that. But as you said that, she was probably like, yeah, this is what's just happened, right? You, when you free, I, it is funny when you, you free, free yourself, yourself of expectations, yeah. your body does more what it, what it knows to do. But what it needs to do. I remember, I remember several years ago, I was like right at that cusp of like, I think I might be done. I think it might be time for me to pack it in. And my husband had asked me like, when are you going to know you're done? And my rules are, if I'm not relevant and I'm not bringing that somebody, something that somebody else isn't to the mm. champions division, I'm ready to step down. And he goes, well, how will you know? It's like, I don't know. I hope I'm just going to know. <laughs> so I was right on the edge and it was right before, uh, it was swing Diego. Um, uh, three or four years ago. And of course that weekend I drew Kyle and, and we won and I walked away from that event. Like, oh, okay, it's not time yet. Still relevant. Still God, relevant. They suck me yeah, back but, in but every it, time. It's, 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 a, it's constantly a cycle mm-hmm. of, uh, and, and knowing that it's going to be a cycle. And I feel like when we do feel like we're ready to be done, it needs to be done on the high and not the low. Right. That's the important part is like, it, it's easy to quit on a low. Don't quit on a low. And, and it, it's not okay to quit on a low because no. it means you quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit on you a high. You if you, you, if you get work, to the you high. You work for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I even I, know that when I'm like in my, I, I talk to Robert all the time. It's like, right. I mean, it's hard. It's hard we, when you love something so much and, and you're not getting what you need from it and you don't know why it's not happening. And you're like, ah, but eventually, if you just let it go and just, I'm not going to deal with it. It's, it is what it is. And then, boom, it sucks you right back in. Then you place, then you win, then you're feeling good about your dancing and you're like, all right, I'm back. I'm back. And then weeks go and you do great. And then, and then you hit another lo- a low. You can't be on a high constantly. I mean, that's, I mean, it's like being drugged constantly on a high. It's not okay. And you can't be on a low constantly. You have to understand, have hills and valleys because it, it gives you variety in your life and makes you understand that sometimes you just have to like chill. Well, on that note, because all three of you have been at the top for so long and yet the dance has continued to change. Yeah. Right. Um, and I know one thing I've struggled with is like learning to dance. I mean, how long are you really talking? Yeah. Like, let's let's put some you. numbers to it. <laughs> Robert, I have to say, I'm very happy this weekend. I won the Jack and Jill. I won the Jack and Jill yeah, here did. 25 years ago. Let's give it up for that. Right. 25 years later. But you, you have been around. I mean, it's just the dance continues to change. And I, there have been points in my career. You even said to me in a, in a private lesson, you're like, you were born in the wrong generation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I love like the swing of right. decades that. past. Right. So I've had to work on staying relevant. How do you all as top champions continue to deliver what you're good at and your values and yet stay relevant. How do you stay with the times 
Um, like you were watching, you know, new dancers come up and they're doing something different than what you traditionally do. How do you stay with it? I don't know. <laughs> Your dancing's just timeless. Um, no, I no, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly say like I it's very easy for me to get into my own head sitting in a champ's chair watching these brilliant women just deliver. And uh I have to I always have to just walk out on the floor trusting my training, trusting my experience, trusting the work that I've been that I've put in and knowing that I'm not going to do what they do. And that is not what my audience wants. Stay with your brand. Yeah. So, uh, a story that I told recently was like, I, for a while, this was a couple of years ago. I kept feeling like I had to reinvent myself. Like I, I, I wasn't fresh. I wasn't new. I wasn't relevant. I appreciate your decisions. Um, <laughs> just a little more. So you I got an I, empty glass. <laughs> I appreciate your decisions. So I, I kept feeling like I had to reinvent who I was on the dance floor. And then I was driving one day and a song came on the radio and it was Bruno Mars. And I just immediately loved it. And I didn't know it was Bruno Mars. Nobody told me it was Bruno Mars. It just sounded exactly like Bruno Mars. And I was very grateful because I love Bruno Mars. And I thought, maybe I don't need to reinvent myself. Maybe I just need to continue to be the me that people loved because it's me. And um, that was really, uh, it, it kind Empowering. of lightened my burden mm -hmm. of feeling like I had to keep chasing what was coming up. And I'm going to continue to just be what I am and I'm going to continue to do what I do until people don't want it anymore. And then I hope I will gracefully step away <laughs> and let it all move on without me. So I haven't chased the what's new and what's relevant and, and I've just chosen to be Bruno Mars. Deborah, how do you keep yourself relevant in an ever-changing dance community? Um, I don't really think I do anything to keep myself relevant, meaning like trying to deliver. I'm almost the same page as Brandy. I stay true to myself as a dancer I'm I, I'm I'm not gonna do round off back handspring superstar, you know, all that stuff. I, I I like footwork and I like to stretch and I sometimes like to go into a split and maybe show a ponche or something. But I, I never um, go against my brand. So, and when I do, it's always epic fail. Every time I go against my brand and what I feel about the dance because I'm trying to get a specific outcome, which is not how it should go. It never works out right for me. So what I do is I work on my technical aspect of the dance and I learn new things about like how people step forward, how people step backwards, how they, how they get into their hips, how they don't get into their hips. I don't do anything artistically amazing. I technically, I, I make myself move forward. But honestly, I stay true to myself all the time. Right. That, that's what I try right. um, to do. Uh, unless... I end up, there are certain males in the West Coast Swing community that are professionals that can push me to another place that I would never think of even bringing myself to, which I love that too. Like a Benji will do that to me. He'll bring me somewhere that I'm like, oh, I'll go there. I'll try it. And Kyle does the same thing. And Robert uh, does that. And, and Ben Morris does that. And these are people that put me in a pit, in a, in a space that's not 
where I would actually want to be. But when I'm actually there and they put me there, I'm like, oh no, this is good. This is where I want to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I don't close myself off, right? Nor do I um, sacrifice how I feel about the dance, if that makes any sense. Right. Totally. For for me, being the person that's been in the community the longest sitting up here, for me, it's about conversation. It's about understanding that I can have a conversation with, I believe in my heart that I can have a conversation with anybody from a eight-year-old to an, a 90-year-old and from somebody who's from our country and somebody's from another country that because my information gathering and my need to want to hear what they have to say, like that I can have a conversation with them. So I can sit down with your daughter, Piper, yeah. and have a fantastic conversation with her. Does that make sense? And then I can sit with Carlito Rafoli yeah. and have a fantastic conversation mm-hmm. with Carlito Rafoli. And because I'm open to the information they're delivering mm-hmm. and I'm open to... um to hearing what they have to say. And then I'm, I'm really, uh, confident and happy to put my feeling upon that conversation. So whether I'm dancing with, you know, back in the day, Amber Cross, who was my first invitational Jack and Jill partner, we came in second place to then dancing with her daughters, you know, 25 years later, cameo cross, you know, at an event, like the conversation that I have with Amber is, what Amber brings to the table and I'm listening and I'm gathering that information. And I believe I can have that conversation and then I can have a conversation with cameo across so many years later. And so I feel like I'm not trying to change my ability to converse because in my ability to converse is also my ability to listen. So I listen and I converse and there are topics I know a lot about. And so I converse with those topics. And when I speak those topics, that's great. And if it's a topic I don't know a lot about, I shut and up. You don't speak. I know lots of you don't believe that I ever shut up, but I do. Yeah, that's a right. very true he statement, really by the way. So I, I do. Yeah. yeah, you never yeah. shut up. That's not true. No, I love no, no, you, no. but no. So there was, I, I, I love this story because there was one time that I drew Robert in a Jack and Jill at Swing Diego and the song started and he whispered in my ear. He said, I have no idea what this is. And I said, I do. And, and I said, so, okay. so for the first two phrases, he let he me what? teach him the song and he listened Right. I collected and, the information. And then I turned it over to him and he took it from there. So if, if you bring up a conversation that I know nothing about, then I'm going to actively ask questions about that, about that topic. And that's what I do in dancing. Yeah. That's what I do dancing. If I don't know this song, I'm going to actively ask. Yeah. Questions about this topic, about this song. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, then I can gather information. And then as the conversation goes, based on other life experiences, I'll be able to bring information to that yep. conversation. And so for me, that's always kind of kept me relevant with whether I'm dancing with Amber Cross, right? you know, in the early 90s, to or dancing with Cameo Cross now, you know, mm-hmm. in 2019. So like my, so I, and I feel like we need to do that as people, as we need to understand what it means to, to listen, right? Not just to listen, but to gather information, right, right? Right. And then to be able to take that information and say to yourself, you know, what can I bring? What, what information do I already possess that adds to this new information that I have? And, and so that I can still deliver my brand while being as relevant as I can with mm-hmm. the new people that I'm dancing with. Yeah. There's a, a management book I read years ago that, uh, had this really long list of tips for managers but one of them was, uh, don't speak up in meetings unless you are adding value, 
right? So that means whether you're asking a question to clarify mm -hmm. things, that's really important, or that you're saying something that adds to the conversation, which is exactly the kind of thing you're talking right. about. Like, exactly. no, don't just talk for the sake of talking or being heard. Right. Talk for understanding or right. talking to continue the conversation, move the conversation right. forward. You know, what's super <laughs> interesting about our dance to, rel to take this back. So recently, so I have a like a movement kind of idol. His name's Eric Franklin and he has a book called dynamic alignment through imagery. Hold on. And, I'm just fangirling over here. Right. And so lots of like Deborah has the book. Brandy has the book. Lots of people like Eric has the book. It's like a book that's been used. Like he is, he is like really He's seen as the end all be all of for, movement. For movement. Movement. like he teaches at Juilliard, yes. NYU, yes. at the biomechanics Institute yep. in Zurich, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Like all the, like he's just crazy amazing. He works with Cirque du Soleil on injury prevention for the dancers. He doesn't age either, which he's is really like he's in his sixties. He looks <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's so, stupid. so Eric wrote this. He has, he has the most, the, the, his book conditioning for dancers is the number one selling dance book in the world. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. So he's got like 10 different to more different books. Anyway. So I've been reading Eric Franklin for a long time. I use Eric Franklin. So does Mahala by right. I'll tell you the, 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 the like, you know, a massage therapist, yes. yoga people. Yep. Um, anyways, so I recently got to geek out with Eric Franklin for 21 hours. That's we awesome. Spent 21 hours together. Don't be kept, jealous, Brandon. He kept texting me and it was terrible. <laughs> so I like, was dying. We've become, very, we've become friends and we're working on a thing together and like getting to, to talk to this mind, but what was really fun was to show him West Coast Swing mm. because although he's worked with some of the greatest dancers in the world, like he, he's, you know, worked with New York City Ballet, like oh, the Russian Ballet, like it's ABT. crazy. ABT, like his resume is absurd yeah. when it comes to mo being a movement specialist. And I showed him West Coast Swing and he became enthralled. Like I have this picture of him and I like, and he's like this, watching my phone, watching West Coast Swing. And he said, more than any other dance I've seen in my life, the need to stay external and gather and gather information that surrounds you, that's an uncontrollable for you, the music and be, and having to alter a basic to hit the music and listen to what your partner gets to add to it. He said the, the need to have this external mm -hmm. experience, like the world's greatest conversation. He said, I've never seen in a dance before. And he how became, do you guys feel hearing that? Yeah, right. that's awesome. Right. So we watched, we sat, we went through a whole bottle. We went through a whole bottle of Sauvignon Blanc in New York, just one, because uh, his wife doesn't drink. So we went through this whole bottle of just him and I, of, and watching video after video so after video. So just so you know, Robert was texting me, and I walked into my kids' room. They were they were sitting together, and I was like, oh my God, Eric Franklin just watched me dance. And they looked at me like, who is that? Yeah, they didn't but, care, yeah. but I cared. And, and he gave amazing feedback from one dance to another, which was amazing. It was really amazing. And I right. still need the rest of the information because I'm struggling. <laughs> right. Okay. So, right. I'm sure we all think you're struggling. So, um, but it, it was so great to see this movement specialist whose first degree was in biomechanics from the University of Zurich and his second degree was in dance from NYU. Mm -hmm. Like to have him look at this dance and go, oh my gosh, the need to collect external information is greater in this dance than any dance I've ever seen. And he's taught all over the world for 40 years with the Franklin method was so cool. Mm -hmm. Right. To him, like yeah. So great. But I feel like the people that have succeeded that have longevity in this dance sport are the people that get that. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe not with his words. Right. But like, but that get that, that get that. It's an need, understanding that the, the need yeah. to, to create, what you need to create, but also gather information externally from the other people creating at the end of your arm, 
right, can keep you relevant for a long period of time. I like how he put that in words. Right. It's true. It's yeah. amazing. Very right. good. Look for him at West Coast Swing events coming up, by the way. You're going to bring him? You're going to bring him? Him and his wife want to learn West Coast Swing, and I'm really? bringing him good. to the you West should. Coast Swing world. Also, you I, should. Yeah, I, you I should. believe you do a, an intensive in Minnesota in January. I'm just I do, and I'm just letting Sorry. you know that, that <laughs> Eric, part, Eric and again. I, Eric and I uh, <clears throat> he's going to come on Sunday to Swing a Ball Rock, my event, Okay, just to be there, and Excellent. so people can meet him and whatever. Like, nice. And, uh, but then uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're spending three days together, literally building a four-day intensive together. Nice. Awesome. Right. That should be really... You should bring... truly brilliant. So you will both get to meet him at Swingle Bell Rock. Okay. I don't know if Eric's going I, or not. You try. both will get to meet him at Swingle I'm going to be I'm going to be like uncomfortably weird, but like just <laughs> know this. Bring your book, he'll autograph just, your book. I, 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 yeah, I can't wait. So, let me ask you a question on that because um and and Deborah and I have kind of touched upon this topic on the show before. Um and I would say <clears> you three, especially like this weekend I took workshops with both of you. Um but you three are pretty much in agreement about the not just the technique of dancing, but how you present it. Right. Um, and we've talked about this before, that oftentimes I find the intention of your peers is in alignment with what you do, but it can often sound or appear very different. <laughs> so I'm going to let you two. Yeah, 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 like you got, you got to go and do this. So this is the naked truth part of this show. Right. <laughs> So I'm, I'm just, like you guys answer, not me, because yeah, I'm right, just right, curious right, on right, my, right, about me. Because, you know, and I, I study with people who talk about the dance differently and there's always value behind it. Right. And they're teaching what they do. But mm. then I talk to my students who mm. hear all these different things and they don't know how to reconcile it. Right. Right. So, so it's like what I say this all the time. How do you talk to do you right. talk to your peers about this and how do you well, see I all mean, these we talk perspectives? The, the three of Which us is talk why you're in length. harmony. The, t- the three of us talk. You're in alignment. Right. So I always say this. Nice. So I always say this all the time. Like, so we have, we have uh, physical absolutes, right? right? My knees only bend in one direction. That's a physical absolute, right? They can bend the other way, but only once. Only once. once. Exactly. Right. So, and then you need Ouch. surgery and then they should not bend that other way again. Right. Unless you're so, a flamingo, then right. Just... So your knees only bend in one direction. That's a physical <laughs> absolute. Then, <laughs> right. Then we have discretionary like absolutes. So discretionary absolutes are something we all agree upon as a society. So 100 out of 100 West Coast Swing teachers will tell you that count one for a leader should be their left foot. They should strike their left foot on count one. Count one for a follow should be their right foot as they strike forward. So 100 out of 100 West Coast Swing teachers would tell you that. And that is the end of our agreement. Right. So that's a discretionary, right. that's a discretionary absolute. So now if I were to, but now if I were to grab somebody at a bar and say, Oh, I'm going to teach you West Coast Swing and I pull this follower forward, could they step forward on that foot? They could. Yes. So it's not a physical absolute. So we have physical absolutes. We have discretionary absolutes. And then we have opinions. So, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Right, right. And they all stink. Right. <laughs> so, and they all stink. So right. what I say all the time is oh, that crap. I try very hard to make somewhere around 80% of what I teach you to be either a physical absolute or discretionary absolute. So um, now – and then I will tell you the things that I'm giving you that are my opinion. So lots of people deliver their opinion as if it's a physical absolute yes. or discretionary absolute. Right. And that's a little bit of a problem that we have. So – I, I always jokingly say two plus two is four. You can't make it five, no matter how many U.S. Opens you have. So, like, because it, uh, it just doesn't work. It's true. Listen, 
you all think I'm speaking about any number of like no, like no, like so many of you might have had five or six different people in your head. I'm not talking about anybody specific. My point is, it doesn't matter what your competitive pedigree is. I wasn't. I literally wasn't thinking any one particular person. Your pedigree. It doesn't matter what your competitive pedigree is. So I, I'm going to ask all of you right now. Somebody raise their hand in this audience and tell me what the word embodiment means. Somebody raise your hand other than Martha Stark, the doctor of psychiatrists. Right. Other than Martha Stark, somebody raise your hand and tell me what embodiment means. Uh, you would all probably say that you know what embodiment is. Go ahead. Existing within. Existing within. So embodiment is existing within. Anybody else? Go ahead. Representation. Okay. All right. So that's, that's the closest to understand entirely, right? So the true meaning of embodiment is that, that I understand I embody the thing physically, right? That I'm doing, but I embody it at a level of understanding that it's, it's that perfect combination of mind and body where the mind understands what I'm doing in its totality as the body delivers it. Does that make sense? Right. And so lots of people might be really amazingly organic dancers, but they're not in full embodiment because they don't actually understand what they're doing. Right. So then when they're asked to teach it, they make shit up. Right. Because they don't fully embody. Even You're going to have do. to edit that. No, I'm not going. No, to. they're not. Like, we're not. Like, because because they they don't not actually happen. fully embody because they haven't worked the science out behind what they're doing. Because at some point, the science must save the art and science and art work hand in hand, yes, always in all forms. Mm -hmm. Right. So understanding the why I'm doing it, not the why based on what I feel, but the actual clinical why, because what most people do in, as they move, we don't know. We don't know what's really happening in the body right. muscularly or tendon wise or ligament wise or, you know, what's really going on with your, with your body. Lots of us, no matter how good we might be, we don't really know what muscles are firing or not firing and so on unless we've had the training to do that. Right. right. right? And then lots of times what happens is people take lessons. They take lessons to fix their dancing. Mm -hmm. And then they think that that lesson that's been given them to fix their dancing is then the lesson I should teach everybody. Right. And that's a problem because, yeah. because like, for instance, there are, there are, everybody say cueing, cueing, right? So a cueing belly button to your spine is a cue. That's a cue, right? But guess what? Half the people in my class probably don't need that cue. So now I've given them that cue and they've engaged intention, right? That they actually didn't need. So now I'm negatively affecting them. So the right amount of cueing, the, the right type of cueing should occur in a class with multiple different ways that we get people to find their dance. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what happens is lots of people be, get a cue from their teacher and then they give that cue as an instruction to everybody instead of understanding that that was just a cue for them. Right. Right. So what I always say to people all the time is when they come to me and they say, listen, you said X, Y, and Z, but this other teacher said ABC and both of you have X amount of us open titles. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. And I go, okay, that's awesome. That's great. Cool. Let's talk about what the physical absolutes are. Let's talk about what the discretionary absolutes are. And here's the element of that. That is my opinion and their opinion. And, and, and you can kind of break it down into those three things and get people to go, oh, okay. And I go, and by the way, if their opinion feeds your soul more than mine, then you should take that opinion because mm -hmm. it's worked for them. But know that it's an opinion, not an absolute. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I just feel like there's, well, first of all, um, one thing you reminded me of is uh, there was a New York Times opinion piece by Adam Grant, who's a professor at Stanford University in organization 
well, I know him through organization development. But anyway, he wrote this great piece, and I'll share it as part of our podcast, and I can send the link to you, uh, called Those Who Can, Can't Teach. And the whole idea was exactly what you're saying, that like people who kind of organically, instinctively do things because they're either skilled or, or talented have a hard time actually breaking things down and teaching somebody else how to do it Agreed. because they just do it. Right. Um, I don't agree with everything he says, but like the general principle I think holds. Um, but my question is... No, you see people on YouTube, you see eight-year-olds on YouTube that can sing like Whitney Houston. Could they teach you to sing? No. 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 Exactly. And especially people who started really young. Right. They don't know what their body's actually doing. Right. They just do it. It's baked into what they do. No such thing as bad students, only bad teachers. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> wax on, wax off. He was always right. Um, but my question is like, okay, so if I, well, uh, part of my question is as a teacher, right? Like, yes, I can say, here's my opinion and here's why I choose this opinion. But how do you three as professionals here and you're encountering different opinions how do you achieve your goals as teachers and get students to do the kinds of things you want or produce the kind of dancing you want when there are competing opinions about what to do i've been talking a lot, all right so, go. so so here, here here's what i do first of all i i'll never discredit another teacher because i feel like all teachers have something to offer but I often say to students, a, an instructor must give you the why they want you to do it. Yes. That's the most important thing. If they don't give you the why, then you don't do it. And then I say, this is what works for me. This is what I do. And here's why it works. Right. Now it's your job to decide whether it's something that works for you. We're all built differently. We're all of those things. So f for me, I, I, I'm not in the business of trying to convince people that I know what I'm talking about. I don't have to use big words. I could use big words, but why be pedantic or loquacious or verbose? Why do that? <laughs> when I could just say exactly what I mean, and you have to learn how to change your language depending on who you're talking to. Are you an engineer? Yes. Okay, you're a numbers person. What do you do? Oh, I'm an architect. Oh. So you're kind of visual and kinesthetic a little bit. All right, great, painter, kinesthetic, great. Figure out who your students are and teach accordingly to what they need, right? So I don't convince anybody that I know everything. I let you know that this is what I know and this is why I do it and here's why I do it and I'll show it with you in my body and it shows on video when I dance and that's it. There's no other way to convey it or anything like that. I don't, I don't try. And I'll, I, like I said, there are some instructors that I disagree with. There are certain things that, but I also understand why right. they say what they say. And right. I will explain that to them because I will never allow them to talk badly about another instructor. Right. Not okay. Here's one of the things that I love. Are you a school or are you a church? I'm a school. <laughs> I just talked about this with people this week. I'm a school. Robert's a school. I'm a school. You're a school. But then there are churches. There are churches. Yes. yes. We won't name them. Churches are based on beliefs. Right. A and that's okay. Faith. Right. It's a, a, a belief. Yeah. Faith. It's right. that leap between what you believe and what you know. Like right. there's, there's got to be a gap there. Um, so I'm very much like Deborah. It's like, this is what I do. And I will, I will tell you what I do. I will show you what I do. I keep no secrets. Right. And then it's up to you to decide what's right for you. 
and I will give you a launch point. But uh, the idea is we don't need churches in dancing. No. And the church is the idea is somebody does something. They don't really know what they do, but it works for them. And so everybody buys into it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody Sheep. propagates it. So it's important that what we are fostering is science. Right. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it holds true for everybody. Right. Now, everybody is not the same. And we have to be looking for what works for an individual. But that has to be that exploration instead of trying to... to, to Give somebody. I'm losing words. Well, and and I, and I also think it, it's never in your best interest as a student when you're taking a lesson to say, "Well, so and so says this." Uh, like trying to. Listen, Bruce Lee says, "Come to me," said, "Come to me with your cup empty." Yeah. Come to me with your cup empty. If you come to me with your cup full, you learn nothing from me that fills your cup. Do not. Bring your last lesson no, to this lesson. Not okay. Right, right. Thank you. And, and, was... and, and, and two reasons why it's not okay. It's not conducive for you to be in a good learning space. You've also put the teacher on a defense, even though they're good at it and they're like, hey, hold on. Here's what they're actually saying. You've already put yourselves in an adversarial position and you, you need to be in a harmonious position. Teacher, student should always be in a harmonious position position when you have that teacher that you like I, I you know went to college and had the worst 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 physics teacher first semester and I was like that's it I'm done I'm not going to medical school I hate physics it sucks it's terrible and then my second semester I get the most amazing teacher and I'm like oh my god I love physics it's amazing I'm going to medical school it's all about how you guys interact with each other and how you want to learn are you there to learn or are you just there to hang out with them and be like, oh, I just took a private from so-and-so. Don't put us in an adversarial position. We actually like, love, and respect one another. Sometimes we don't get along, and that's fine too. We don't always agree. We don't always agree. Yeah. But we got each other's back. So don't put us in a position of like being on, on opposite sides. It's not okay. It doesn't help you at all. So my question, uh, two questions. One, um, do you talk to your peers about how they're teaching things, why they teach things? Um, <laughs> Brandy's making a wonderful face. Um, because that, that I think is important, right? Like, so that you know what's happening. But also, two, what's your advice for students who, like myself, I study with lots of different people, and I'll hear something and be like, whoa, left field. Like, that doesn't fit with my mental model of this dance, but I'm sure there's some value in it. Like, this is an accomplished person teaching something and how do I incorporate that into my understanding? A lot of times, by the way, it gets back to what you were saying, Robert, where I, and I encourage my students to do this too, of like distinguish between what you would consider fundamental versus like a tool or styling. Right, exactly. Right. So sometimes like, or an teaching, adjustment. Right. Or, or, but some people are teaching styling also, as fundamentals. Also, science listen, are, this is my true. basic. Brain and I talk about this. There's this thing called timeless technique and then right. there's fashion trends. Yes. So how you make a French seam in sewing, how you make a French seam is a timeless technique, Right. The, the piece of clothing that I happen to use the French seam on might be a French, uh, a fashion trend. I'm going to, yes, I know what a French seam is. I'm like, I can't agree or disagree. So like there's a timeless technique on how I sew a French seam. 
the the piece of clothing that I do might have a fashion trend to it. Right. So for instance, there's a technique to how you take a toe lead or a ball lead. There's a technique to how you take a heel lead. There's a technique to how you take a toe release. So if the current fashion trend is a ball lead or toe lead, right. great. If the current fashion trend is a toe release, great. Those are fashion trends. There's a timeless technique to how those occur. Right. Does that make sense? So as a teacher, I hope trends. I hope to teach my students timeless techniques and then what the, so like for a long time in the early early 90s before anybody else sitting up here ever danced to us go swing right that the fashion trend was that follows used an american leg far more than they used an international leg so they struck a bent leg and then pushed it straight in like walking type mm-hmm. like like if we were doing multiple walks so now the fashion trend is to strike a straight leg right so the timeless technique of an american leg and the timeless technique of an international leg stays the same stays the same right the fashion trend right now is the international leg as opposed to the american leg so that's the fashion trend we should be teaching our students the timeless techniques and then telling them if we're using a current fashion trend mm-hmm. so like like hugo and stacy have this studio called district dance now in florida and they've mm-hmm. been using some teachers training program with me we've been talking about teachers training and so what they do in their system setup for their studios is that they say for this month you're learning timeless techniques for this four weeks you're learning fashion trends for these four weeks right so there are fashion trends and there are timeless techniques mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I try to tell my student, oh my God, this is amazing. I will totally teach you this. This is a current fashion trend. Here's the time the tech, here's the timeless, timeless techniques technique of that it. support it. Right. right. Does that make sense? Right. There's some other timeless techniques in that thing that's happening. Right. Right. But right now, this is the fashion trend. Mm. Lots of people teach the fashion trend as if it's the thing you should always know right. to right. be the timeless technique. Right. And then when the dance changes, the music changes or anything else, as it's done probably seven or eight times in my dance life, mm-hmm. right? If you're only focusing on the fashion trends, you're going to struggle, which is why we have some champions from the past that look amazing, but today would never be relevant right? mm-hmm. because their dance was based purely around the fashion trend mm-hmm. of that day right. and never mm-hmm. the timeless technique. And, and I think I, I think it's important that like... Because, you know, as a follower, there's two way, ways to walk forward. There's the toe release and the ball, heel, heel strike, and, and they're both correct people. It's just... And they're also both incorrect people, <laughs> well, yeah. depending on how badly you use them or right, not. Right. right. Exactly. But, that, but that's a different, right, of course. different story. So when someone comes up to me and like, oh, do you do the toe release or do you do the ball and the heel? And I was like, ah, I do the toe release. And they're like, well, Brandy does this. And I was like, don't do that. Don't put us against each other. I said, I know why Brandy does her thing. And I know why I do my thing. And they're both correct. You have to figure out what works for you. I have the pleasure of teaching with both of you. Like I've taught with both both of you. I've taught with both of you multiple times. Right. And so. More with her than me, but yes. Andy, can we get the heat turned up? And just <laughs> it got really cold. It got here. a little chill, yeah, yeah. cold all of a sudden. Felt a chill. Right. So, but I've taught with you both a ton. So not not only have we taught intensives together, we did a week together. Yeah. The, right. Right. So like the so we I've taught and and there are lots of there are lots of stylistic choices that are different than the two of you. But what I've always loved is what the common denominators are. Yeah. So there's very serious, fundamental, common denominators behind what both of you do. Yes. Those common denominators should be taught to the follows. And then the fashion trends should be layered upon that exactly. and how we all believe. So like, right. like 100% of what you do uh, 
you would say ergonomically or biomechanically works. 100% of what you do biomechanically works. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So, And I can actually say to people, no, these both work. Like biomechanically, they both work perfectly because there's there are there are uh, physical absolutes you both agree upon. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes. There are discretionary absolutes you both agree upon. Yes. And then there are stylistic opinions that not that you go don't you not that you don't agree, agree upon, on. We just choice. We just talk, make we a prefer, slightly different choice. We prefer exactly, a different exactly. choice. Yeah. And and the great teacher is able to look to that space. Yes. Teach from the teach from the clinical science, mm-hmm. the the place of here's where Brandy and Deborah both use the exact same uh, physical absolute. Here's where they also both agree on the discretionary absolute, right? Here's where their opinion comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I can teach you all three of those things. Right. And every teacher in our business should be able to do this. Should. Correct. Should. Right? We have For a sure. lot who don't. Like, like should. Well, of course. And and the problem is it comes That's from a, a challenge. But it comes from a place of fear, right? Because like their fear is that if I were to say that that's not what I teach, but it's what somebody else does, but it's still okay. Then you're going to lose the students. Is losing business right. and losing students, right? All that kind of stuff. No. So lots of that comes from a place of fear, sadly, yeah. right? If you own your science and you know who you are and what you do from a full embodiment standpoint, you fear no other teacher. Right. Right. You, and you, you, you fear only no, want to be around those no teachers. Loss. You fear right. no loss. Right. Listen. You want to learn from those teachers I, too and share right. knowledge. I, Right. Yeah. I, I started dancing. I started like really dancing, couples dancing in 1985. Right. Oh my so God, you're I, old. Taught, I taught my first lesson. I taught my first private lesson in 1988. I started competing and I just celebrated 30 years of competing. Right. So I do about 35 different styles of, of, of dances. Mm-hmm. Right. I've competed in over 11 different styles of dances. Right. So for me, I'm super confident in what I know and what I can teach. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I can look at it and go like, all right, I got this. I got the science behind this. I know why it happens. I've spent lots of time with, with the, academia world going how is this all existing what's the true science behind this Does that and, make I, sense? and i think and then teaching that true science and you're right it doesn't exist much in our world because as benji says we're still kind of a green banana right. like we're not super ripe right like we're still we're still relatively a new dance does that make sense we, we really are. are we're still relatively think about this our our, our at, at the u.s open our our top competition of the world uh, in the world, we have 30 couples in the classic division mm-hmm. at, at Blackpool. There's over 300 right. top Latin dancers. So that's like, think about that. Pre-lips, so we have 30, like, semi, Oh semi, my semi. God. Amazing. 30 amazing couples mm-hmm. at Blackpool. They have 300. Amazing. amazing. But do you, do you measure maturation based on size? No, not that, but those 300 are all are, good. Are equal yeah. Like if we took if we took the thirty that we have right. and we created a scale of good and bad, mm-hmm. that same exact scale would exist for their three hundred. Right. Which means that maybe we have we have six or seven of our thirty that are amazing. Yeah. Think about that. that. No, they have sixty or seven. Right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because they're far more of a yellow banana, yeah. like they're far but they've more also of a, been around longer they, than we they, have. Right. No, that's my point. They've yeah. taken the time. They've done the science right. research behind it. All that kind of stuff. Mm. What I encourage my students to do is to wonderfully say to teachers oh my god i love what you just did what you just did was so amazing i've heard other don't mention other names but i've heard other people say something quite different that also looks amazing what's your opinion on the two then that's okay that's okay of course and first first 
stroke them. Oh my God, I love what you're doing. All right, so because we're all ridiculously insecure, I love what you're doing now. If like, but I've also heard other things. Can you tell me the difference between the two? And if the answers are something like, well, that's old school and this is new school. Do what I say, not what I do. I'm Th- already those mad. type of things I'm tell already me that mad. the person you're taking a lesson from doesn't even understand why they're doing it. Right. Does that make sense? That's not to say you can't learn from that person, sure. but understand that they even mm-hmm. really don't know right. what they're doing. Right. No such so thing every great means. teacher should be able to tell you why they're doing what they're do, yes. what, what they're doing, and why it might be different than what somebody else right. is doing, right. and right. even the biomechanics behind what somebody else does. Absolutely. So I can teach the biomechanics of the people who disagree with my opinions. Right. Physical absolutes, discretionary, and opinions. I can teach the people. I can tell you the people that whose opinions different than mine. What the biomechanics of what they do is. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't mean I agree with it. it. Means I understand their biomechanics. Right. I think part of the challenge is I actually had this conversation with you, John and Alyssa, after Swing a Soda like I two remember, years ago. Right. And I came up to you guys and, and you guys taught great material that weekend. And I came up to you and I said, I've been doing this dance like 16 years. Why have I never heard this before? And I think that's part of the challenge, too, is, I mean, even from the three of you, I'm hearing things now that I didn't hear 15 years ago. Um, like you just studied with Eric Franklin and you're going to do all this research. Right? Listen, I'm, like I'm restructuring stuff. lots of stuff. You will never hear me say belly button to the spine again. Right. You will never hear me say it because I have found more dynamic ways to get you to do what the things you need to do with your abdominal and your breathing and your pelvic alignment yeah. than I ever knew before. Right. Like I know how to I know how to make a room full of people do that more better. Uh, like more better. Much better. More better. Listen, better. listen, much better. Shut up. That <laughs> <laughs> drink, everybody. I've I've I've. I've found better more dynamic ways to make you find that in right. your body than it giving you a cue though. that isn't necessarily would you just shush i am so like, excited for his more better you have no idea yeah. right, right and so, it's better more like, dynamic and, ways and the other thing is that i like so i study with i study with eric franklin and and there's there's a couple of physicists that that, that i've spoken to at length right. you know i've spent minimal times popping in and out but we're going to talk at length with dr martha stark you know about about uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, like your current work is called what? The neuroplastic synergy of mindfulness and intentionality. That's come here. That's come amazing. Here. Come a mo- a, a mouthful like a, here. and totally right. I love this woman. We've been friends yeah, that... for a very, very long time. This is Do Dr. Martha Stark, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Who's, who's, who, whose theory or whose metaphor, I should say, on sand has been one I've used for many of my students. So she has a metaphor. Let me see if I say this right. So if I'm pouring sand, if I'm pouring sand, let's say out of a bucket or a pitcher, I'm pouring sand, it builds kind of a pyramid, right? The sand starts to build a pyramid. Now there's going to be many collapses. As you're building. Cycles of disruption and repair. Cycles of disruption and repair. So that many collapse (laughs) occurs. As that many collapse occurs, it actually widens the base so the next peak can be higher. So that mini collapse happens and then the next peak can be higher and that mini collapse happens and the next peak can be higher. Am I right? Yes. Correct. Right. Correct. Yes. So that as students say to me, oh my God, I thought I had a certain thing and then I collapsed and now I feel like I'm not as good. There's a mini collapse that occurs. What we try not to do is dump all the sand and have an explosion or however you put that through the whole, th- the whole thing. So major avalanche, major avalanche. Major exactly. Avalanche. Exactly. So, so, uh, Martha and I have been friends for a very, very long time. We spent many, many hours together where we literally, when we first started working together and dancing stuff, we would do an hour of me working on her dancing and then an hour of her talking about about how the mind works and 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 optimal stress 
right as we go correct 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 and she's going to be an integral part of my new uh, on my new research that i'm doing currently on how one body moves another body mm-hmm. right and so say one more time what your new work is called so it's on therapeutic memory reconsolidation and neuroplasticity and more specifically the neuroplastic synergy of mindfulness which is paying attention and intentionality, which is setting intention. Right, which we talked today about how it applies to West Coast Swing specifically, correct? Yes, we did. Yeah, okay, exactly. I, I, so, I, 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 lo- I love this so much. I love this so much. I love this so much because... I, <laughs> I'll say it one more time. I love this so much because I always say in my classes, you must give your partner the intent that you're paying attention. That like, just hit us all. Like you guys, like you guys, I'm being overgeneral. Like you just kind of get there and you just kind of like, you just go. And instead of like setting an intention, my intention is as soon as I grab my partner, I put them in close position with me. I close my eyes. I make contact with them. And I'm like, okay, you're the most important person right now. And my intent is to be the best follow and you to give me whatever you need for me to have as a follow, as, as, as a leader. To me, that's the most right, important sure. thing. And, and I can tell, I can already tell when I look at a couple when a dance is going to go bad. Right. How they interact Agreed. with each other before Agreed. the dance starts, how they look at each other before the dance starts, how they walk up to each other when they have to pull out the name out of the hat, all of it. I see all of it. When they check out because they don't like the you song. They don't like the song. Right, right, right. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not about the song. It's about you and the person that you're with. So this is freaking fantastic. No. <laughs> and so, and just so you know, like my, my whole thing as we, as we, re- as we put this background to teachers is that when come, somebody comes up to me and says, well, you know, so-and-so said such and such. I go, okay, well, here's what I know. I know that the International Association of Dance Medicine and Science, which I've been a member of since 2005, which is an organization of osteopaths and chiropractors and physical therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists, mm-hmm. psychologists that all with the intention of the propagation of the dancer over a longer life with injury prevention, mm-hmm. right? So when I talk to Dr. David Weiss, who's the head of NYU Osteopathic Medicine about this, I go, here's what my opinion's based on. My right. opinion is based on this. My opinion is based on conversations with Martha Stark for the last, I don't know, 15 Ten years. years. Well, more than that. No, more like 15 yeah. years, yeah. right, of, of friendship with, with, with one of the foremost, you know, uh, 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 professors and understanding what that, what that cognitive research is. Right. So I'm looking to what the physical research is and what the, so when you ask a, a, a teacher their opinion of why they're doing what they're doing, if you ask me, I'm going to give you not only my thoughts, but I'm going to give you where my research exists. Right. Right. As, as we go, the footnotes. And we should be educating our students so that that doesn't mean you can't learn from the people that don't have these these other thing these other sources we can edu- we can you can still learn from those people right does that make sense yeah but if they're giving you an opinion and they're speaking it as if it's a physical absolute or an, or a or a discretionary absolute and you factually know it's not because all you literally have to do is go on youtube right, right. look look to what they're saying and go okay what can i take from this for myself right does that make sense and i try to empower my students to speak to the other teachers and go i can learn from these people even if all they're delivering is opinion despite what they think it's based on right 
all they're delivering is opinion. So that makes sense. I can still learn from these people. Of course you but, can. But what but that's I should be point. doing is I should be looking to what's the clinical research right. research that exists right. and that the teachers that are out there are seeking the clinical research that exists. And yes. parenthetically, the art and science of the dance is so similar to the art and science of psychotherapy. Right, of right. course. A lead-follow situation, and I actually, when I lecture around the country and even in in Poland and elsewhere, the Mad Jam, you and Trendelin, I show that video. <laughs> I've, shown, I've shown that video. I have video. succeeded in life. Dr. Martha Stark, who I think to be one of the most brilliant minds in psychotherapy, like really, we've had such amazing conversations, that you use me and Trent, totally. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. And what I suggest, actually, in, in any kind of lead-follow situation, I suggest that actually the patient should be the lead and the therapist the follower. Mm-hmm. Though ultimately, of course, it's co-created. Well, that makes complete co-created. sense. Co-created, I love that it's word. It's such a cool word. Co-constructed, right. co-created. But you just said you exactly. said just said the therapist is the follower. Yeah, absolutely. Of course we are. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. as dance teachers, sometimes we act right. as therapists. It's perfect. Right, right, right. No, right. But also Very as followers, we therap- we give you therapy right, constantly. Right. When you have good followers. Exactly. Yes. By the way, can we get a round of applause for Dr. Martha yes. Stark? Truly one of my favorite people in in the world. Yes. And I do have a flight to catch. Yes. Yes. So So you have to go. I don't know where I have to go. I don't know where Brandy has to go. I don't have to go anywhere. Awesome. I don't know. Brandy and I, Brandy and I are teaching at Atlanta Swing Classic next week. Yeah, yeah. Less than a week. Friday. More importantly than that, other than Eric, these two amazing, incredible, stunning, phenomenally talented, intelligent teachers. Are, are teaching at Swingle Bell Rock. So you should come to Swingle Bell Rock. <laughs> right? Because, and by the way, on Sunday, I hope to have a picture with these two amazing ladies and myself and Eric Franklin. Right? You at, should all be Sunday there. At, right, exactly. So I'll be there. You should all come to Swingle Bell should, Rock. Actually, I, 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 just, I just thought of something because I'm going to have an intensive at your thing. And you so are. So is she. Yes. But I think you should give a class to Brandy and Deborah together. I'll do it. What I'll do you it. think, Brandy? I think that's a fantastic idea. I thought you You know what I love about the two of you is that you guys could actually teach. Here's the physical absolutes. Here's the discussionary absolutes. And here's where our opinions differ, but that we can actually teach the other person's absolutes. Totally. Question. Oh, yes. Larissa Tingle over there is going, yes. Larissa Tingle also will be at Swingle Bell Rock. Yes. Tony too, Tony, Tony, so, Tony Schubert as well. Tony. But Larissa Tingle, I didn't see Tony in the room earlier. That's why I would have. It's said probably that. about time for us to wrap up. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so glad that all of you came to enjoy these two fabulous people and support Eric and myself. Who, and these two fabulous people. Thank you, Eric and myself. Who actually, this all happens because Eric and I have known each other for a really, really long time, like long. I'm not going to go into time, but long. And we're also native New Yorkers, and we wouldn't see each other a lot at events because we travel, Mm -hmm. different things, and we'd always have these deep conversations. We'd always make one night to be like, hey, if you're coming, have a drink, let's talk. And we'd have these deep, huge conversations. And Eric's like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. 
We need more conversation in our community. We do we need do. more conversation. Like, more open discourse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have true. so many conversations behind pri- like closed doors. I've had conversations with each of you. Yeah. Um, about and it's all like things. quiet instead of challenging. Right. And right. I think challenging conversations. And, and, and making yes. things happen. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Making things happen. So thank you so much for coming. Yes. Thank you, uh, Robert and Brandy, for being part of our podcast, but also being fabulous people in our community. Thank you, Eric and Deborah, for being a part of Wine Coast Wine Swing. Swing. We appreciate that so much. Yeah, right. Thank, thank so you. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. Go ahead. I dare you. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter. Yes, people do subscribe to that, and you can too. Follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs. And yep, that's right. You can still follow us on Twitter. We're still there at nakedtruthwcs. You can also buy some of our swag through our online store. We have limited supplies of men's and women's shirts with our logo and other fun designs. Just go to the naked truth, wcs.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Again, that's the naked truth, wcs.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. I'm Brandy. And I'm Robert. And that's the Naked Wine Coast Truth. <laughs> that's awesome. Excellent. All right, so let's kick this off. All right. Ready? Set. Welcome to the Naked... Oh gosh. <laughs> this is too much pressure. One I know. Let's try this again. And Take two. Take two. <laughs>